and welcome to Final Games, a podcast about the games that inspired us. Thank you so much for coming to join me, your host Liam Edwards, for the 79th episode of the show, and to once again give a guilty verdict to a beloved video game industry member and sentence them to the punishment of being sent to a deserted island where they must spend the rest of their days playing only the eight games they choose to take with them. This week I'm incredibly excited to once again be handing the Final Games Challenge to a voice actor. As someone who is a huge fan of the voice acting trade, it's always interesting to hear their perspectives on how to approach this challenge, because usually they're all big nerds like we are. And oh boy, do we have the voice actor to take on the challenge this week. My guest this week, having took theatre classes when he was younger, actually majored in East Asian Studies originally, a decision that would in the very early 90s bring him to the very shores of Japan, like myself, to study and also work for the JET program. But after a time in Shika Pre- 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 Prefecture, my guest once again wanted to try his hand at acting and moved to New York City. After a few years of doing Broadway shows and applying his trade in various aspects, my guest moved to LA and started taking voice acting classes with his wife, Tara. I believe the story then goes that one of the instructors on the course happened to also be directing the English dub for the anime SD Gundam Force, which led to my guest getting his first job as a voice actor and setting him on a path that would change his life. From there, well, you might not know him for his role in SD Gundam Force, but I'm sure you know him for his first major video game break that came in the form of a cocky, handsome prince who could manipulate time in Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. And from there, well, my guest has gone on to voice acting well over 200 plus roles, including some of the biggest roles in both video games and anime. It's impossible to list all of the incredible roles and wonderful performances he's done, but just to ring your, the bell in your head, here's some of the incredible roles he's done. He's been Sasuke from Naruto, Ben from Ben 10, Kuma from Afro Samurai, Marth from Fire Emblem, Luca and Bayonetta, Donatello from the Turtles, Suzuku from Code Geass, and two of my own personal favorites, Simon from my beloved Gurren Lagann, and the adorable Yosuke from Persona 4, and so many, many more. When people utter the words voice acting, there are very few who immediately spring to mind, and in that small selection is most definitely my guest for this week. He was dubbed by my friend Kirk McKean when writing for Eurogamer as the man you've killed the most for all of the voice roles he's done, not just as playable main characters, but also NPCs and the like. It's a great pleasure to have with me here today, and to banish for all of eternity, is the man set to grace our PlayStation 4s later this year is Peter Parker and the Spider-Man himself, the wonderful Mr. Yuri Lowenthal. Hello, Yuri. Uh, Liam, I don't, I don't possibly, I couldn't possibly follow up that type of introduction. <laughs> wow, I should hire you as my PR agent. That was, oh, that was. Remarkable. I'm, I'm available. I'm available. <laughs> Yuri, oh, thank you God. so much for coming that, on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's my I, pleasure. Yeah, that was, uh, that was delightful. And yeah, I, I, doing the interview with Kirk was, was great, and I, I will always be known as the man you've killed the most. It's um, so strange. Speaking of Kirk, very quickly, Kirk, yeah. I got to know after I moved to Japan, and we ended up sort of working in the same video game-esque circles, writing for the same sure. websites, but it, we actually lived a street away from each other when I worked at Rockstar back in Lincoln, and we never knew each other until I moved to Japan. Oh, how strange. That's so funny. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's how it works. It is so strange. Uh, I, I'm, jealous. I'm jealous that you're in Japan right now. I do miss that place. Oh, I bet Japan misses you too. How long has it been now, Yuri? Uh, since, since the last time I visited, probably going on 10 years. Do you still remember some Japanese or what's the thought? Zenzen wa suitenayo. Ah, so this nice. Boy. Well, Yuri. 
Well, right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna lose some of our audience if we if we do the rest of the Japanese. So, <laughs> well, we might gain an entire new one. That's true. That's true. <laughs> which might mean people might recognize me on the street, which I imagine is something <laughs> that doesn't happen in Japan. Um, but well, I imagine I think, it happens yeah. for you worldwide, everywhere, because you are one of the most incredible voice actors in the industry, Yuri. You're a personal favorite of mine, myself. Some of the roles you've done are adorable characters that I love, like Simon from Gurren Lagann, and of course, Yosuke from Persona 4. Two, two of my favorites as well. Oh, they're fantastic characters. And yeah. It's such a pleasure having you on the show today. You're a very busy man. I mean, you're going to be Spider-Man. Yes. You're going to be a Spider-Man, dude. I know, I know. It is, it is. A, it, I'm living the dream. I know, I know. Some sometimes people say that I am literally living the dream. <laughs> it's so great to hear, and I'm. Uh, it's just amazing all of the projects you've been doing, and I. You know, we'd love to talk about it, but you are getting sent to a deserted island, and we don't have much time because your boat leaves within the hour, unfortunately today. So we best like pack all the games that you're going to be taking with you to the deserted island, because we wouldn't want to deprive you of one or two games, you know. You're going to be there for an eternity, so you need these very solid eight. I think you'd yeah. agree. So, unfortunately yeah. today, we're going to have to jump straight into it. Otherwise, let's, the boat will let's, go, let's and do it. the punishment then is not a punishment. You just get eight games for free. I mean... Let me, let me collect my consoles for a second. And, uh, okay. <laughs> Speaking right, of, great. I think the consoles you're going to be taking with you today are, are quite old consoles. Yeah. yeah. Um, this yeah, list is... I've, I've, I've picked some, uh, some, 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 some classics. Some classics indeed. Some games, unfortunately, just before my time. So the, this is the wonderful special episode now and again where I just get to sit back and listen to games that I've never played, but people just you know gush about how great they are and it's such a joy to listen to so we're going to jump straight into yuri's final game so let's kick things off with a classic indeed so let's listen to some music from the first game on yuri's list and let's dive right into his final games So jumping into the first game on Yuri's list, and although some of you might not have actually played the game, the name of the game is something you will have definitely heard. Originally developed by Infocom back in the early, early, almost the earliest is the 1977, I think, was like the original version wow. of this game. And then it, you know, proceeded with Zork 1 being 1980, then Zork 2 and Zork 3. Um, but the original, original like concept of this game was released in 1977. Video games have been around, you know, as the years go by, the video games are just getting older and older. 
It's weird to yeah. think, you know, games from... <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're, you're lucky that, uh, well, I mean, the, the, the desert island is lucky that, uh, that I didn't go back. I, I eliminated all my, my like, uh, giant cabinet, you know, 1980s, uh, <laughs> put, a, put a quarter in them video arcade games uh, that, I, that I considered for this list. So, so we're, we're all, we, we've all dodged that bullet. Well, we could have materialized some sort of arcade cabinets for you, but instead you're going to be taking uh, one of the earliest interactive fiction computer games and, you know, it draws uh, from lots of concepts in terms of, like, novelization and adventure and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a game designed by Tim Anderson and his team. It's the wonderful text adventure, Zork. So, Yuri, tell me, why is this the first game that's going with you? I, You know, a lot of these games uh, are just seminal uh, for me in, 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 my, in my video game travels. And... Zork was, you know, I mean, when I when I started playing video games, there weren't a lot of video games to choose from. Yes, I can and they imagine. And weren't, they weren't particularly complicated. <laughs> um, and I was already, I had just, as, as, I, as I got into video games, um, I had just started also playing uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, obviously, the, the tabletop version. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, was, I, I, was, I was already a kid who loved... Uh, the, the fantasy, you know, high fantasy and and science fiction, and and it, it went right into. I had just moved overseas. My dad was a foreign service officer. I had just moved overseas uh, to West Africa, to Niger, and he he brought he he did a couple things that that were uncharacteristic of him. And I think it's because he felt guilty that he was tearing us uh, from, from me and my sister from our from our school yeah. in the United States and taking us to a third world country. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but but that guilt manifested as a Betamax player. Uh, I, I was one of the only people that I know who knew who had one, especially so, in such a country yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. But even among my friends back in the states, and uh, so so that we could have you know entertainment, so that people could send us tapes and people could uh, record things uh, for TV. Um, he he got me uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and I started playing that. And we had you know. We had an Apple IIe computer, yeah, a des- desktop computer, and so my love for oh, and and uh, he bought an Intellivision game system, a Mattel Intellivision game system, which uh, which you know came just right after the uh, the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, unless I'm mistaken, um, was was only slightly newer than that. Um, so so I had all the coolest things. Uh, that my my friends didn't necessarily have back in the states, but I was nowhere near my friends. So so it was me and uh, you know a, a couple of people that I had met um, in 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 West Africa yeah. playing these playing these these games. So you did and, at and least have people to talk to about them. You yes. weren't just completely like, oh my god, these games are amazing, but there's no one around but, and there's no internet right. or anything. Exactly. This is this is this is pre-internet, and so I had already loved. Uh, video games and uh, playing video games, just you know, pumping quarters in, uh, and and this was this was hugely liberating that we had uh, an Apple IIe and television, and Mist or sorry, Zork. Damn it, I just I just burned you. Um, another another one on my <laughs> we'll, list. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to it. Um, Zork Zork was magical in in that so much of it existed in in my imagination. Okay um, and. And a lot of these games, you know, I think, 
I think even even today, I would argue that uh, you know, as 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 great as games have gotten and as detailed and complicated as they've gotten, I still think the best games really tap into your imagination. And the best movies, for example, you know, for that matter, and the best books, um, fire up your imagination. And Zork for me was that because it was just a text-based adventure game. And Infocom went on and did a bunch more, and I kept buying them um, because it was it was it was it was like it was a key into uh, uh, you know adventures into another world that because I guess I had a uh, you know an imagination that that led me eventually to acting. Uh, Zork was 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 just that it was a key into my imagination and it was as as basic as it was it was a marvelous and frustrating place to visit because as you well know uh you know with those those old text-based adventures you kind of had to get almost exactly the right answer, you know, the very, yeah, it, very specific, know, right, to, to move it forward. It was a specific string of text that needed to be typed in. It wasn't, you couldn't say, like, brush when you meant, like, toothbrush or something like that. It had right. to be very specific. Exactly. So, so, it was a, so it was a combination of, of uh, you know, joy and, and the imagination of it and the, and the, the adventure. It, it was like going down a deep, dark, Whole, um, and and because I had a lot of time on my hands over there, uh, I had a lot of time to to play games. But it was also super frustrating because uh, at that time you had to sort of get it exactly. Um, <laughs> and and I remember it was also the first time that I started delving into, you know, finding. I had to, I had to order books on you know strategy and. Because after after a while, I had to I had to give up and, and ask for help, and so I ordered physical books, paperbacks that would help give you, uh, <laughs> that would help give you you know clues and 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 so on to to getting through these games. Also, oh, they didn't In even fact, give you they didn't even give you specific answers. They just gave you clues to try and get. Well, well, you could you could you could go for the specific answers, or okay. you could go for the for the clues. Um, I even ordered books at that time. I even ordered books that gave you uh, hints and tricks on playing cabinet video games, uh, like you know Centipede and Joust and Defender yeah. and you know the games that I had been playing before then <laughs> back in the states. Um, even though those games, I didn't have those games in West Africa. I, I was so obsessed with video games at that point that I. I, 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 I wanted to read about video games I couldn't even play. Um, this is what I find that, about like voice actors. Yeah. It's very, almost specifically like voice actors and people who do the kind of video game or anime stuff, like voice actors. It's always people who have just grown up being obsessed with video games. You know, sometimes yeah. you have developers or writers who maybe fell into their roles a little bit. But with video mm -hmm. game, like, voice actors and stuff, it, they are usually the biggest of nerds and always it's a, have it's a, it's a passion. It is. And, it and very it's, much it's so. always weird to me. It's always weird to me when I run into somebody in this industry who is not one of those people, that they're just, you know, they're just actors. And, and bless their hearts, I mean, you know, some of them are, are, are most of them are extremely talented. Um, but it's weird when, uh, when we're, we're in a session recording or something like that, and and I'll, I'll drop a reference, you know, some su super nerdy reference, and they just don't, they have no idea. They're just, just there for, you know, for the acting job. Straight over that head. Yeah, to totally respectable. You're there for the acting. I get it. But 
but uh, but it, the, the passion runs deep. Do you me. find do you find that very quickly going off on that? I find yeah. it interesting. Do you find that it makes you better as a voice actor to understand the kind of co- connection that people will have with the character you're playing? So it it helps you match the tone or elevate to a level with that character knowing that people are going to be super passionate as you are about video games and how you would want them to be right you know i think i think it can only help i okay i you know it's i i absolutely think that um and whereas and and i'll I'll liken it to how i feel about you know sometimes people ask me if my speaking japanese helps with my dubbing and i will say this um, they're, they're, most of the actors out there that I work with don't speak Japanese. Yeah. Um, and they turn in, you know, remarkable performances. Yes. Um, but, but I do, I, I do have an extra insight. It uh, help, into, does it help you understand, it. like, the tone better? Yeah, absolutely. Like, what the absolutely. original Seiyu actor was going for, it helps you understand the tone a little better. Yeah, I think so. Ah. So, so I don't, so it's one of those skills that I don't need to do this work, but I, but I think it does give me extra insight and it's yeah it's i think it's, it's, I think very, it's, it's, it's something i've always been very interested in because as i found you know having various voice actors on the show before usually you're just the most passionate bunch of people and you have <laughs> been led into this role not necessarily by talent but of course that is required but more than likely just being like i want to work on video games but I don't know how to make video games. I don't. I can't really draw. But I wonder if I can just, you know, talk my way literally into working on video games. Um, yeah, and, and I didn't even I didn't even know that uh, voice acting was a job that you know mortals could get when I started acting. So, so finding <laughs> out that you know real realizing and, and and sort of coming into the industry when when uh, you know when video games were really getting more complicated and and interesting uh, was was just a that was a stroke of luck for me. Ah, oh, very interesting. Well, unfortunately, though, many of the games on your list don't feature voice acting in them at all. Uh, apart Isn't from that a few. interesting? Um, <laughs> and one of them, and one of them, you might know a little bit about as a voice actor. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it, but you might know one or two yeah. things about a specific game. I'll, I'll try not to spoil that one for you as well. <laughs> but we are going to move on to the next game on your list, Dad, and we have to talk about the the actual deserted island in which we're going to send you. So let's listen to some music from the second game on your list, and let's, of course, dive straight into it.
So, before we jump into the second game on Yuri's list, we have to talk about the deserted island in which we're going to send him. And, of course, I am, you know, I'm dealing out or doling out the punishment of Yuri having to be banished for all of eternity with only eight games. But Damn you, know, you Liam. Damn I, you. I know, I know. I'm so sorry. And I like all you people. Why do I punish people I like? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but that's the way it goes. But there is one rule that, you know, you're being sent to a place, a deserted place. But we allow you to try and make it as comfortable as possible by choosing the place in which you're going to be deserted to with the caveat that it has to be from video games. So it has to be a place from video games. Uh, of course, whatever place it's going to be will be deserted. There may, however, be dangerous wildlife. Because, you know, a deserted island, you could find animals or monsters or whatever on there. Uh, so, Yuri, is there anything that specifically springs to mind initially when you hear video game, deserted island, or place that you would like to visit? Most of them are terrifying, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, the, the 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 peaceful land uh, that that they created for Mist, um, ah. because there was there was never really anything there that could kill you. <laughs> Just the existential dread of something maybe wanting to it, kill you. Exactly, lurking in the shadows. Yeah. Well, do you know what? We've spoiled it, and we're on it. So why don't we just skip ahead to Mist? And, uh, Let's do it. Instead of uh, actually moving on to the second game, but now I have to change the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very curious to, 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 you know, your challenge is to find music for old games that I some know, of which may oh not have had god. any music. Yeah. Oh my god, I don't know what's harder these days, finding music for older games or finding Nintendo music that is not copyrighted that I can't get. So <laughs> I don't yeah. know which is harder these days to get. Um, but... We might as well get on and move the second game to be missed, uh, which is, you know, the graphic adventure puzzle game that just blew up uh, back yeah. in the early, early, what, late uh, 90s, I guess. I was going to say early yeah. 90s, but it was about 93 was the original one and then moved into, you know, being the PC and uh, PlayStation version, which is 96, mm -hmm. which is one of the most famous versions, uh, developed by Siam, uh, by the brothers Rand and Robin Miller. It's one of the best-selling PC games of all time. Uh, I think only The Sims has sold more money than Myst, which is crazy wow. considering you think how popular The Sims is. Um, but yeah. it's a first-person journey through an interactive world where you know you're not really chased by anything or or fearing that you're going to yeah. die. You're just solving puzzles and moving around. So Yuri, please tell me why is the new second game Myst? Uh, you know it. Uh... For, for part of uh, what you just said, it, it as soon as I saw it, it was unlike any any other game that I had. Seen. It was so beautiful, and they, <laughs> it's gorgeous. Such a, yeah, it, yeah. I, I, I haven't been back to it obviously in a, in a very long time, but uh, but the world that they created was so beautiful and so mysterious. Ah, missed. That's I guess that's where they get up. Uh, you know, we just we just came to that one together, and by together I mean you. Probably everybody else probably already realized that. <laughs> um, but there was again, it was uh, it was a, this this amazing sort of imaginary land that I got to escape to, and it, unlike in many of the other video games that I was playing at the time or had had loved up until then, was not one that uh, where where you know I was constantly worried about getting killed. Um, that 
it, it was it was it was a part of a. It, it, I see. I remember a time, uh, you know, showing my age. I remember a time where uh, sometimes you had to load an entire game from a cassette onto your Commodore 64 before you could play it. Yeah. You had to play the tape all the way out to get the information on the computer and to play it. Um, and and Mist was so intricate in its design that it took forever to sort of, uh, as, as you know, when I was that age, everything took forever um, just because I was <laughs> impatient. Uh, but I remember having to, to learn patience to, to play the game just for even even for the, the time that it took to sort of get booted up and loaded um, but uh, it was it was it was a game I didn't mind just wandering around uh, forever it, you know it kept my interest and was so yeah. beautiful and and I always felt like there was something because everything was just out of view and you you know you you didn't really run into people per se I felt like there was there was always just something out of view and and it, it kept me hooked the entire time and the the, the technology that they developed for it oh my um, god and i don't yes. mean the, the game technology but the, the the technology you're dealing with in the game was was ancient and modern at the same time it was just mm. something that i had i had never seen before and it's um, weird because speaking of the actual technology that they used to make it it was like revolutionary at the time yeah. uh, like the pre-rendered being able to pre-render that many objects on a screen and then use it like 3D modeling as to draw pictures and images was something that no one had ever done before. And it just used so much processing PC power that when they actually made the initial demo, I think they said it took something like 30 hours to render one scene. Imagine wow. trying to make a game where to test the one scene you've been working on maybe for like a week, you would have to wait 30 hours for it to render only to then check it and be like, shit. That's out of place. <laughs> yeah. To fix it and render it again. Uh, when, yeah, when you think about the world we live in now, <laughs> games-wise, it's, 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 it's like ancient and uh, horrible, yeah. You know, you just boot up a game and it's like you can hear Yuri's voice within the first 10 minutes, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and and then I'll, I'll die within the first 12, you know, if that. <laughs> it depends on what game. Hopefully, not right. when you're playing Spider-Man. Hopefully like, not when you're playing Spider-Man, Spider that's Spider right. Yeah. <laughs> But Mist was this. It's weird because I didn't really grow up playing PC games. Um, I obviously I had like a, a Super Nintendo and Nintendo sixty four and those kind of things. But my cousin had a PC and he had like literally only four games. One of them was the Microsoft Motocross game. Uh, the other one was Half Life, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. The other was Tomb Raider, and the other one was Mist. And being a oh, kid, wow. obviously, I didn't. I was intrigued by Half-Life and Tomb Raider. They had guns in them. They had an action and all that kind of thing. Um, but Mist was the one where I'd watch my cousin play. I'd be like, this is so boring. I'd go, what are you doing? You're just like walking around like doing it. He'd be like, shh, shh, be quiet. <laughs> you yeah. just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just do not understand. And then a few years later, I did play the PC version. And then I totally got it. It's such a weird game to explain to people that the the appeal is the island itself and just walking around yeah. and exploring and finding stuff. Uh, and yeah, there was not really... I think it goes back to, you know, your Zork explanation again. Kind of the imagination yeah. of these little hints in front of you that are just out of you being like, I wonder what they are. Or I wonder what's yeah. around there. And like triggering in your imagination what the possibilities are. I think Mist did that really well. 
Yeah, agreed. So agreed. what do you th- what do you think is going to have more secrets? Do you reckon uh, the actual missed game or the the missed island I make for you in this final games challenge? I, I think the missed island you make for me will be the the, the most delightful of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you a very nice one, Yuri. I'm going to make you, you a very Thank nice you. one. <laughs> well. The next game you're going to be taking with you, uh, you know, we're going to have to roll back the years again, uh, almost to the dawn of video games itself. So let's listen to some music from the next game on your list. I, I am dreading trying to find music for this next game. <laughs> and it's not going to, I'll tell you, if you find it, it's 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 going to be very basic and it's not going to sound is, great. <laughs> it is. And I think 1981, I think this game came out. So let's listen to something from this next game. And let's, of course... Dive straight into it. game on Yuri's list and you know we're only back years again we're going back to 1981 where the final version of this game was released it was initially developed for the Apple II I think and but it was released on the Commodore 64 the Macintosh it eventually made it to the Game Boy Color the NES the TurboGrafx-16 also the Super Famicom as well Um, but it started a series that just went on for years and years and influenced so many RPGs and JRPGs as well uh, it was originally uh, developed by Surtech, which was developed by Andrew uh, Greenberg, I think his name was, and Robert Woodhead. And it's kind of one of the first Dungeons & Dragons style games. Yeah, And also, like, one of the versions used color graphics for the first time. Uh, but it's crazy. So, this game is Wizardry. Uh, the full title, I believe, is Wizardry Proving Grounds of the Mad Overlord. Very good. Yeah. Very good. I t- you're, 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 you're taking me back. This... <laughs> this, this, show, this show made me do a deep dive into my, uh, into my, my world. <laughs> Did you have like one lovely night where you just had like a glass of whiskey just sitting there being like, ah, the olden days, how good. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, I was, you know, it was funny when you, when you asked me to do this, uh, what, what it, sort of what it became as mm. far as a, a trip down memory lane for me and, 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 a, and a true, you know, view of my own psyche. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the list is so interesting, and we have so many uh, almost firsts. I think this is the thing, like, a lot of these games are firsts that went on to just inspire generations of games. Like, not even generations, but genres themselves. And this, obviously, was one of the first, you know, Dungeon & Dragon-style RPGs that, you know, has probably inspired so many games from Skyrim to The Witcher to Dragon's Dogma to all those wonderful RPGs we have now. So, this game is Wizardry, Proving Grounds of the Mad Overlord, and Yuri... Why is it the next game that's going with you? Uh, because 
it, you know, it, it was it was the natural evolution of those those text adventure games, and you know, with the, com the combination of the the Dungeons and Dragons that I was so in love with at the time, it was an ability to play those games without other people. You know, it was as, as much as as much as I love you know th that element. <laughs> As much as I love people, and as much as I love that element of those games and why I play Dungeons and Dragons today, yeah, uh, you know, as an excuse to, to to hang out and you know bullshit with my friends, yeah, it uh, it I could just play and play and play and play and play, you know, and my, the the only thing I needed was my my was booting it up, you know, on my my dual drive uh, Apple IIe. Uh, again, you know, things went slowly, but so much faster than trying to figure it out in, you know, in a text-based adventure game like Zork. Um, and it remembered things. Uh, it was, you know, I had several players, you know, I had, I had different players. You know, you got experience points. You, you know, it was, the, it was the birth of that type of RPG where you could just play and play and play and, and develop your characters and keep them. Um, and, and when you... <laughs> And and you know this is back that when you died, man, you were fucked. You were, I mean, there was <laughs> you were there dead. was no go you had, you had to start over again. And I was mapping, you know, I was mapping things on graph paper uh, to as you know as we as we went through these these adventures, and and it was I think it was the first time I ever remember like losing entire weekends to a game. Where I would just I would disappear and I would come you know I'd come out all like feverish and uh, you know and having having stayed up nights and I don't know why my parents even let me. Where have you play been, Yuri? I've been fighting dragons and skeletons. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it was the best and and it was you know it was the, like the, the the first time you you're you're you've you've got enough experience to you know to level up to get a teleport spell which I think was about as high as you could get in that game. Um, you better have mapped, you better have really done a good job mapping because you had to give it a very exact coordinates on a map. Oh and if you, my God. And you, and you wow. could teleport yourself into a wall. And, and, they, and they knew that. There, 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 was, there, was a, there was a room that you could only get to by teleporting, but you had to have mapped the rest of the, you know, the, the level to, to see that there was just, you know, a little square on there that you couldn't get to. And you, st <laughs> you know, I mean, but I teleported into walls for sure uh, before finally, you know, getting that. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was basic combat. It was, you know, basically the, the computer was rolling the dice for you um, on a lot of that stuff, but it was magic. Like, I, I, I'm getting worked up even just talking about it, and I haven't, you know, obviously played that game in so yeah. long. I've played so many better games since then, but it clearly <laughs> left an indelible mark on me. Is it weird? I, this is one of the things I find about like making games now and obviously wanting to make like quality of life improvements for players and stuff like that. But people have mm -hmm. such fond memories of games just kicking the shit out of them that yeah. do you find it's weird because you talk, you've, you've spoken quite apt about imagination in games and you know really capturing you as a person and leaving a mark on you but as someone who whose role it is to almost not take away imagination but definitely give substance to what's happening that makes the player think less of what 
potentially could be happening, you know, with imagination filling in the blanks usually. Do you find it weird that your job is to do that when you are such a fan of imagination? Uh, yes and no. I mean, I've never really thought about it that way. I've never thought about it as, you know, taking away from from that. Um, because I th- because all my my characters are are fueled by my own imagination. Um, mm. So that's 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 an interesting uh, angle to to come at it from. I you know it I don't think it's I don't I, think I it's taking wish. away, and I obviously I I don't mean it in any way a negative connotation. I mean yeah. just the sense that now we obviously have visuals, we have cutscenes, right. we have stuff that tell you the story. It's not like Zork where you have to sort of think about it in your own head and piece together the story. Right. It uh, is different. Players now will not really experience it. These book-like games that leave a, an impression on you because, yes, you might think about games all the time, like now, but in a different way, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think, and and it's it's. It is, I know this makes me sound like an old man, but I kind of wish that everybody could go back and play those games. But it's too late. Like. Yeah, I don't think the progression is too far. If yeah, if yeah, I I I would have no patience for those games now after having played the games that I've played. Mm. It's um, not like movies, is it? Like you can watch old movies yeah. because yes, the sound might be a little off or the picture quality might be a little off, but the actual feel, the tactile feel of a video game has changed so much, and there is so yeah. much that can frustrate you easily now because mm-hmm. everything is so easy in a video game. Um, yeah. not in a bad way, just it is better. Like there, there is no way about it. It's better now that loading a whole game from a cartridge onto a game that you then have to pinpoint coordinate map a whole room for in, you know, as they say, people ain't got time for that. So <laughs> exactly. And, and uh, neither do I. So I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but it is weird to think that these games still left such an impression on you. Yeah. As yeah. Video games are cool, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it boils down to. <laughs> well, alongside Wizardry, you're going to be taking uh, a, w- a wonderfully named game in the next one. I just, I love how going back to firsts for everything, the firsts mm-hmm. for everything are always very, na- just absolutely named what they are. <laughs> they just yep. are what they are. And this game, uh, what a wonderful name. <laughs> so let's listen to something once again, because uh, it is from 1980. So I hope listen- you can find it. <laughs> I hope so too, Yuri. Otherwise, you're going to have to call you up and be like, Yuri, can you just say the name in your cool voice once? And then everyone will be fine. Fair enough. <laughs> so let's listen to something, or Yuri, from the next game. And let's, of course, dive straight into it. Did I hit land? Oh, my mind. <laughs> Is it? You go. All right. I'm chase until I hit you. I'm coming in. I got a monster kid. Oh, don't touch that troop. I need that. <laughs> Don't sink it! Oh, you still got one up in your heart. You weren't supposed to. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
troop transport. Oh, brother, I'm a wiffy idea. I don't know, man. So jumping into the next game, uh, and as I said, what a wonderful title. You know, this is a... and. <laughs> Although it came out in 1980, get this, this is a multiplayer strategy game. A multiplayer strategy game from 1980 that is so coolly named Sea Battle. Just so battle. cool. It doesn't, so it doesn't cool. get any more basic than that. It doesn't, it doesn't. Just video game first. Like, we're the first game to ever do sea battles. What shall we call it? Sea Battle. Right. Put it on the right. title. <laughs> just, just ship it. I know. Ship it. And, and it was another one of those games that, that took a remarkable amount of patience and you really had to employ your imagination for. Because <laughs> while you could see what was going on, it was really just, you know, awkward handfuls of pixels uh, stuck together in the forms of ships and islands that you could... Uh, and, and it was... Yeah, it was, a, it was a strategy game, which is not something that I really uh you know love to this day i'm not i'm not a big strategy game guy yeah but at the time that those you know i i had like i said like i said you know my father had gotten us this television to go overseas with and it was magical because it was my first video game console so you can't beat that um if you if you'll recall or or let me explain to you for those of you who've never seen it <laughs> please before, please go it, ahead it had these weird uh keypads with a little disc at the bottom that you would use your thumb to sort of float the disc around, you know, push the disc around. Um, I'm trying to uh, liken it to something else, but we actually used to we we used to, we did a, a hack on them for a while that it really didn't make it uh, uh, play better. But we would take uh, suction cup darts and stick them to the uh, to the little uh, disc, the little pad, and that that way you'd have sort of a joystick. Um, oh, and, okay. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it, it would sort of work that way. Because this was released way. for the Intellivision. Yeah, this was, this was for the Intellivision. Uh, so you had like and, that weird TV remote-esque number pad yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then a little a little disc at the bottom, which mm. was vastly different from the, the joystick and button that you had for the Atari 2600 at the time. Um, and not necessarily better, uh, but... <laughs> But 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 allowed one you to stick you know, sticks around the other really hasn't. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly, um, but allowed you you know a, a, a certain you know certain differences, um, and so so I mean all the Intellivision games you know Intellivision football and all that you know it was it was just awkward very basic little groups of pixels that you were mashing together, uh, but it was there was there was magic in it. Um, and, and because it was a, you know, turn-based thing, you were either playing, if I recall, against the, you know, the computer, or you could play with another friend who, uh, who, who was there with you. And, and you, you had you know, various different types of ships, and different ships had different capabilities. And you, would, you had like a little base you would send them out from, and you could, you could choose you know, where your bases were across from each other. You know, they, they were islands. And it, it took... It took forever because it was it was turn based, and you had to sort of you know key in your strategy, and and then the ship would move or your fleet would move, um, you know fleets you, you would have to use a certain amount of strategy to build your fleets full of, you know whatever you know the ship the different types of ships that you had available to you and then, yeah, you know your your uh, your other you know you did attack you know your other you'd encounter your other friend's fleet, and hopefully you had the right ships in your armada. Um, 
and I just remember spending way too much time playing that, a game that I, you know, I look at in retrospect and I'm like, wow, it was so basic and I don't play strategy games anymore. Um, but it was, it was, you know, the games that I, those were the games that I had for that system. Even it though was, it was, it, yeah. even though it was like a very simple game, was this strategy element to it? Could that get quite complex if you were playing with another player? Because obviously, then absolutely. it's the mind absolutely. of the other player. Yeah, the strategy holds up. You had a certain amount of different kinds of ships, and you had to divvy them up in a way you know that you hoped would match theirs and beat them. Um, and if they took down those ships, you didn't have them anymore. So, so it was there was an element of of risk in in everything. Um, which, which is totally different than the, 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 the it came a little later uh, for the Intellivision, but Space Battle, the aptly named Space Battle, uh, which was, which, you know, was, was much more my thing because it was, you know, it was flying through space and, and shooting things. Um, it was still very basic, but, but uh, that, I think, then, then maybe I found more my speed with that type of game as opposed to uh, uh, strategy before then. Wow, it's so it's incredible the just how you can have like a game with such simplistic, you know, obviously graphics and elements to it, but to have like deep layers of a game that you can just yeah. spend hours and hours um, going through it. And I love the fact that it's just aptly named Space Battle, uh, Sea Battle, yeah. and then you had Space yeah. Battle. <laughs> yeah, I think they probably had lots of different battle games, if I recall. I imagine they made a whole series where it's just the same, just with switched out graphics. Just like, instead of ships, let's just yeah. have spaceships. <laughs> just add space yeah. to the word ship and we'll do it. Um, but right, we're exactly. Move on. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to have to move on now and push forward mm. a little more. And we're going back to more fantasy-based RPGs. And pretty much this is, next to Wizardry being one of the most, you know, incredible, famous starting rpg series this is the other uh especially in japan this series even for a, a western series is so popular in japan it's mad how popular this series was and this is the series that inspired dragon quest which we all know you know has just dominated japan for years and years so let's listen to something from this next game and let's of course dive straight into it Yuri's list and this is another series that 
also released originally back in 1980 and then uh, released in 1981, 1986, 1982 on all different versions. You had the Apple II, the Atari 8-bit, you had Commodore 64, DOS, all those wonderful series. It was designed by the famous Mr. Richard Garriott uh, and Origin Systems. It is the role-playing series that has just inspired so many Ultima and this one is Ultima One. I think we're gonna go with yeah. the first Age of Darkness here, Yuri. Let's, yeah, let's let's go with Ultima One because it had a very interesting uh, uh, story uh, characteristic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, um, it was it was it was all like fantasy and, and RPG for me uh, at this time, and it remains sort of that way today. But the this first Ultima game, and I and I went on to you know I think. I think I played pretty heavy through Ultima 4 easily, or Ultima 5, um, and they just kept getting better and better, and I just kept, uh, you know, devouring them and demanding more. Um, but that first one had an interesting game mechanic where as you played the game, it started as a, as a fan, as sort of a classic fantasy RPG game, but as you played the game, time moved forward uh, at, an, at, at an accelerated rate, so at first you had a sword, yeah. And by the you know by the end of the game you were in a hovercraft with laser cannons, <laughs> and, which is which is weird because you know clearly your your character would have died you know many times over just uh, if, uh, from old age before they would have gotten to that uh, to that age, but but it was it was super fun. Um, one of my favorite. Uh, stories or modules from from playing Dungeons and Dragons back in the day was uh, Expedition to the Barrier Peaks where you you know it's a still a classic fantasy game but you you stumble across a a, a downed uh, spacecraft and so all of a sudden your characters have like laser guns um, which which I found uh, utterly delightful and and you got to do that in this in this game um, now there was another element to this game, another another weird hack, like I mentioned with the uh, with the suction cup dart uh, playing in television. Yeah. Um, there, it, it was you know an RPG based in or, or, you know a classic RPG in that uh, you know you could get experience and gold and things like that, and that would all make you uh, more powerful as a player. And so, and then you'd have random encounters, you know, random creature encounters as you were out and about. There were obviously the things that you needed to do story-wise um, that were sort of on the golden path. And then, you know, you just random uh, creature, you know, when you were on your way, you know, random encounters. And so what I would do, uh, once I had uh, leveled up to, to, you know, and I had my hovercraft and my laser cannons, uh, which, which pretty much could best anything, I would go out into the wilderness and sit there and uh, wait for random encounters. And <laughs> I, I, I took a pencil and I, 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 shoved, I, I pressed, pressed the, the fire key down. So I was just constantly firing my laser cannons. Um, and I, I wedged a pencil in there and walked away. And any creature that, that encountered me in the wilderness would just immediately get blasted and I would immediately have the gold and the, the XP from that. Oh my god! Um, it, it, it's such that is. I don't know that there is a more basic hack for like mining, you know, XP and gold out there. 
It is, it is almost embarrassing that I just jammed a pencil into a keyboard and walked away and came back and had, you know, all the gold and all the XP. But, but it was, that was an early hack for me. Um, yeah, it I seemed have, to have I worked. Still, yeah, yeah, it, it, and, and, it, and it did work. And I, and I have, uh, I still look back super fondly on the, the hours and hours and hours and hours and hours that I, that I lost to Ultima. The, that, that first one and, and the many that, uh, that, uh, that came after. Do you think you're going to be okay on this deserted island with all of these very sort of simplistic games uh, that have limitations and also the fact that you've played them, you know, hundreds of times? You, you reckon you're going to be okay with just these on the island? I don't know that I am going to be. I think I think that the, because they, they I have because I've ne- I haven't gone back to them in a long time, but the memories <laughs> are still so strong and fresh. I think I've made a huge mistake, Liam. well unfortunately i'm not going to find out but you are uh very very soon um and we're going to move on to the next game and you know we're sort of moving a bit more progressively into uh more modern games that maybe offer a little a little more substance to them uh maybe in terms of like replayability uh but before that we have to talk about another incredible pc uh game from the early 80s and uh, I mean, you were you were struggling to decide on which one to actually take, uh, but you settled, uh, and we're going to dive straight into it after listening to something from it, and let's of course dive straight into it. next game on Yuri's list and of course we're jumping once again into games from the early 80s uh, you know this game released on the Amiga the Amstrad the Apple II the Macintosh Atari ST Commodore 64 ZX Spectrum also the NES it was developed by Interplay you know the studio that went on to do like uh, all of the Icewind Dale stuff the uh, Baldur's Gate stuff the uh, early Fallout stuff Wasteland they're also doing a brand new game in this series and the first one is called Tales of the Unknown Volume 1, but it's better known by the subtitle, The Bard's Tale. Yeah. And Yuri, you were wondering about the series and this, what to take. Is The Bard's Tale okay, the first one? Yeah, because that, that was the one I, I played the most. Okay. Um, I, you know, they, 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 they came later, but I had fallen out of video games a little bit at the time. And so I never got to play the much later because yeah, I mean there was there was a a Bard's Tale that was, uh, unless I'm mistaken, not not from that long ago. 
Yes, um, so I think either it's I actually don't know. I think Interplay didn't yeah. didn't Interplay's uh, Brian Fargo uh, his new company. What are they called? Uh, In Exile. Is it, I think they're called In Exile. Um, but his new studio didn't they do like a brand new Bard's Tale recently? I, I, th- I think they did. And if and if I was playing anything recently instead of just being um, uh, trying to you know. Lead, 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 lead my life uh, as as a as a new father and uh, and try to keep my <laughs> career together. Um, I probably would have uh, gone and checked it out and seen uh, exactly what he was up to because this game, you know, the Bard's Tale was 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 sort of you know the I was basically you know grabbing you know at the time anything that was like Dungeons and Dragons, um, but you know you know getting getting better and better and better in the you know in the video game world. You could sort of see from the, you know, the, the the track, you know, from the Zork to Wizardry to Ultima to I was anything that would come out that was like that, that was slightly better than the last thing. Just I gobble it, it up. Just yeah, and, play it, and all it was it all. absolutely, and it and it was it was very much like, uh, you know, the basic the basics of it were very much like Wizardry, but all of a sudden they had you know graphics that moved and <laughs> and you know. It, all, all these these little things that that just took it up to the next level and you know I don't, I don't know that there's 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 a whole lot for me to talk about per se because it, it was just the next logical uh, evolution from you know from the stuff that I was already playing at the time but but more, you know more colors and and you know basic animation and it was it was just it was it was super exciting so this basically this island is just one heck of a nostalgia trip for you, isn't it? It's yeah, I think that's what that's what you've just sent me to to Nostalgia Island. <laughs> well, I'm I'm happy to oblige. I, I, unfortunately, it's under the the pre circumstances of it being a deserted island in which you have to leave your wife and children. Is that okay? Right, right. Yeah, sure, sure. Would you do Would you do it for Zork? Oh man, it's I don't know, is my wife is my wife listening? She doesn't listen to podcasts. Um, <laughs> honey, honey, I love you, but Zork. <laughs> well, just in case, Tara, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm, sa- I'm sending Yuri away. Uh, I'm depriving not only you but also the world of you know the one of the great voices. So, but it's all for Zork. But, but I'll be. But but here it is. But I'll be on an island with a uh, playing a bunch of games that never had voices. So, so I'll have a lot to do. I'll have a lot of work to do. Okay. Well, you know, maybe we can arrange for you to have a microphone and a recording booth on the island. So we're not depriving <laughs> the world too much of you. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, we're going to move on to the next game. And, oh, oh, my God. It's the year 1999. It's almost modern times. <laughs> it has a little bit of voice acting in it. Um, but let's listen to some very creepy and wonderful music uh, from uh, composer Akira Yamioka. Uh, And let's, of course, dive straight into the second to last game on Yuri's list.
So jumping into the second to last game on Yuri's list, and this is a really interesting one because most people I think would choose the second game in this series. Uh, and I think most people would agree with that. Although the first one has, you know, it was received incredibly positively, but it does get overshadowed by the second one, I think. Uh, it's a game developed by Konami when Konami made games, which was, you know, a fun time. Uh, directed by Kenshiro Toyama. It released on the PlayStation in back in 1999, almost in modern times there, Yuri. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> one of the later games on your list. Uh it's a survival horror that follows the story of Harry Mason as he searches for his missing adopted daughter. It is, of course, Silent Hill. Yeah, and and now that I'm now thinking back, I'm trying to to remember if it was the first Silent Hill or the second. And uh, I'm sure you and and the listeners will will correct me as I as I go into it, um, because it, yeah, it was the first time that I like I said I had sort of spent a little time away from playing games. Because uh, I didn't have a console and I just wasn't uh, I wasn't following it, and then I did get a console again. I got a a PlayStation Two. I think it was a PlayStation Two, must have been. And and I you know it's it's funny I I had never played horror games uh, before then, despite being a huge horror buff. Um, and so when I when I learned that I, th I think I played a you know a few minutes of a Resident Evil game at somebody else's house and I'm like, oh my God, video games have come a long way because my heart is pounding and, uh, and that was terrifying. And which is, you know, something <laughs> that I'd never experienced in video games before. And so when I, when I got Silent Hill, and this is, I will, I will, I will, I will say this, it was, it was also terrifying. Um, and, and I think when, when a video game can, can leave something in your brain that you carry on, of, whether fortunately or unfortunately, for the rest of your life, um, then it's done something magical. And for Silent Hill, it was, if, 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 you'll, if you'll recall, um, the way that you knew that something was coming for you before you could see it was static on your radio. And... To this day, when I hear a static on a radio, the hackles on the back of my neck go up. Just um, and immediately on immediately. edge. Um, and that's, that's wrong. That's, you know, because I know that it was a game and I know that you know, those, those horrible things are not coming for me. Um, but the, the, it, was, it was so vivid. And so even though the, you know, again, looking back on the, you know the gameplay and the, the gameplay and the graphics, and you know as pixelated as, as as it was, should not have been as scary as I still remember it to this day. But the fact that it left me with that that type of you know emotional psychological yeah. scarring oh, uh, is yeah is 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 remarkable still to this day. That that is incredible, and it's it's weird because although we you know we're moving into 1999. I thought we'd be finished with game first, but this truly is, you know, next to Resident Evil, one of the first, like, true horror games in video gaming, like, inspiring a whole genre of video games to follow, and this whole atmospheric 3D-based survival horror it is all down to Silent Hill and the original Resident Evil. And it's weird because one of Silent Hill's most incredible 
pieces is the fog and the the sense of getting lost and that kind of thing. And that was all due to like limitations with the technology. But the way video game creators can like take those limitations and mold them into gameplay aspects that stand with players even longer is incredible. And you know, as you said, the, you know, the radio static on the the radio, like sending the hairs on the back of your neck up, is just yeah. like the small details in these video games that just make them so incredible. Yeah, yeah, to this day. So, what I'm getting from this is that you don't want me to leave any radios on the Mist Island. Uh, no, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> do you do you have like an irrational fear of radios? <laughs> <laughs> no, just just the just, static, just the static. Just the, just the static, not the sight. Like if you see like your car radio, you're like, oh, oh, what, the, what is that? <laughs> Swerving on the road. Um, okay, I promise not to leave any. Um, proceeding from then, uh, have you played like the the and, Silent Hills going off on that? Obviously, and, Silent Hill Two is the one everyone talks about. Yeah, no, I, I, I have, uh, I have not played any more, any more of the like the recent ones. It is, it has been, it has been a long time. I, I just never went back. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Understandably you know, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the experience was, uh, if if I was just too much into other types of games, first person shooters, or if I was just, or you know, RPGs and, and RPGs. But, um, I, I just, I, I never went. It's, I still watch horror movies. Uh, but I, I wonder if uh, playing, you know, survival horror games are just too much for me. <laughs> too much for my, my, <laughs> or my maybe, heart. Or maybe they're not enough. Maybe nothing will ever recreate that. Quite that possible. Sense of, uh, that sense of being scared of a radio. <laughs> quite, quite possible. <laughs> well, I promise... I promise not to leave any. I promise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, over, over, Overlord, great, great Liam. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like this. Uh, Spider-Man telling me I'm the Overlord. I like this. <laughs> this has made my day. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, unfortunately, though, Yuri, we have to send you on the way because the boat is here. It's it's arriving right now. Y you know, we're in a rush to get you to the, to the Mist Island to play these wonderful games. But... It wouldn't be your island without taking a piece of you with you as well and some personal memories of your own. So I think it's about time we jump into the final game on your list. So let's, of course, listen to some music from the next game and let's listen to Yuri's final game. <laughs>
So jumping into the final game on Yuri's list, and this game was developed by Ubisoft Montreal and published by Ubisoft, directed by Patrice Desilies, the guy who went on to then do Assassin's Creed and some wonderful stuff of his own right now. It was released for an incredible amount of platforms, actually. Like, I had the GameCube version. It was released on PlayStation 2, uh, PC, also the Game Boy Advance. It originally released in 2003. Sorry, Yuri, not to talk about your age too much there. Um, Nope, that's fine. I was only 13 when this game came out. (laughs) Fair enough. But I remember playing it a lot, and it had an incredible mechanic where you could rewind time. Uh, Players played as this very handsome and cocky but unnamed prince uh, that was voice acted by none other than my guest himself, Mr. Yuri Lowenthal. Yuri, the next game you're taking with you is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Yeah, I, you know, I know it, it seems, it seems uh, uh, like a, uh, maybe uh, hitting the nail on the head, but uh, yeah, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time for me, per- obviously, personally, was, was huge because it was my first big lead role in, in a video game. And, a huge and, lead role as well. Yeah, and and what a and what a game to have to have hit the jackpot on. Uh, you know, absolutely. It, it, yeah, it it really pioneered so many things that are that are still, you know, aped in 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 video games uh, today. That that I, I still consider myself hugely lucky to have been involved with that game. And and to have met uh, Jordan Mechner, the you know the the creator, of, the original creator, yeah, yeah, the original creator. He and I are still friends to this day. Um, and and there was, it 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 blended, it blended so many of the things that I loved about video games. It was, it had great puzzles. It had great writing. It had, uh, you know, in, engaging gameplay. And then the you know the, the the dagger of time mechanic, getting to, you know, reverse things and and try again before death. Uh, hopefully, I'm not spoiling it for anybody who hasn't played it yet. <laughs> it's um, 2003. I think people will be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that it was just, it was super fun. It was just, it was it was fun. And 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 I think it was probably the last game that I that I played through. And then played through again, and then played through again. You know that I that I played through multiple times. Usually, once I once I finished a game, I'll, I just walk away. Um, yeah. And this one I just kept coming back to. It, it also uh, you know allowed my uh, my wife to uh, to take out and any 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 you know aggressions that she had, she could just go <laughs> and pick up the controller and just jump me off a cliff. You know, Kill over you and over and over times. again. Um, so that was so it was good. It was good for our relationship. It was it allowed her to to release those tensions. Um, but uh, there was just again, you know, there was there was magic in it, and it. it I mean, it, you know, we get to the very end, and it's just like you've just got to, you know, keep killing and killing and killing to get through the you know the, the last bit. You know, that's. Like like a lot of games, you know, have that yeah. have that problem <laughs> when you yeah. get to the when you get you know you're getting approaching the last level, but um, but it it had in its in its in its design and in its in the world that uh, that they created, it it had some of that that magic from Mist. You know, it had a place that I had never been before, and 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 you know with the the, the puzzles. You know, having having sort of a fly through at the at the top, you know, gave you enough clues to to know what you needed to do. But 
I mean, some of those, some of the puzzles were maddening. I'm not going to lie. Um, it took me a while, <laughs> but it was in the, in the, you know, for the wall running and, you know, it, it, those different kinds of mechanics. And it was, it was just a, a perfect game to me. I don't know. You know, ob- you know I'm obviously so nice biased. It's you but, say that. Yeah, no, I yeah. don't think so because, you know, you, you voiced a character. The, you could be biased towards the character, but to be so glowing about the actual game itself, I think, is yeah. is very That's nice That's true because there, there are plenty of games that I've worked on that I just haven't played. Um, and this one, <laughs> I, I couldn't stop. I think that's the same for a lot of people. I mean, when this game came out, it was reviewed like 9 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10. Obviously, your voice work was praised a lot. Um, I I think, you know, Prince of Persia is this weird series that it's in a weird limbo right now, and it has had a few entries that people were kind of eh, on. But generally, it, it's got such a huge fan base and was so welcomed at the time and yeah. will for a long time people will always remember the sands of time as this really really great game well, and yeah, i think and I it's think, a great game to take with you yeah thank you i, th- I, th- I think the follow-up games uh some of which i was involved in uh tried to recapture what what we had with uh with sands mm. of time and never and never succeeded yes i i would wholly agree with that as well i think you know trying to change the style so much trying to you know go a little edgy sometimes or have these interesting mechanics that just you know weren't quite as weirdly simple but revolutionary as the sense of time yeah and the sense of time will always be remembered for that um but yuri it's unfortunately time to send you on your way. There's one thing I do want to ask you before you go, which yes, is I like doing this weird thing with voice actors because obviously I'm a fan of voice acting. <laughs> um, but what would the prince say about being sent to a deserted island where he could only play video games? <laughs> Some people say uh, a deserted island is not a place to be playing video games, but I differ. <laughs> Kakalukiam. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, I, I love. Thank I still you. love that guy. I love him. <laughs> and he sounds so smooth and handsome still. Excellent. Still 15 years later. Excellent. Yuri, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. I thank really you. have really enjoyed it. Thank um, you for the trip down memory lane. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was such a such a wonderful memory line. So many video gaming first and so much information. I really appreciate it. Um, unfortunately, the boat is here. Um, oh. but the last question I have to ask you before yeah. you get on the boat uh, is the question I ask everyone before they leave, which is we talk about games on Final Games. Uh, but what's important to us sometimes with playing games is the way we play them, the consoles, the controllers, the way we play them. If you could only take one console with you, barring PC, because that can do everything, if you can only take one console with you to uh, the Mist Island today, what console would you take? I think my PS2. Oh, there's a heck of a back catalog on there, including yeah. Sounds of Time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll allow you to take PlayStation 2. And Yuri, please tell the wonderful listeners so far... Uh, where they can find you on the internet, and if there's anything cool, hint, hint, a Spider-Man game, that they should be checking out. Uh, yes, you can. I'm, I'm easily uh, stalked on, on Twitter. Um, I'm at Yuri Lowenthal, uh, although I've been spending a little less time on there now that I have a, a toddler uh, at home. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, pl- plenty of things coming up. Obviously, Spider-Man. I'm super excited uh, to, 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 to have been working on it, but also... Oh my I, God, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't wait, even imagine. Yeah. I can't wait to play it. Um, and, 
Yeah, they're they're uh, my 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 wife Tara and I just uh, released the uh, the new version, the, the the updated edition of our book on voiceover called Voiceover Voice Actor, and uh, it, the, the new one is called Voiceover Voice Actor: The Extended Edition. And uh, we're just finishing up recording the audiobook now. Uh, it's super fun. There's a lot of new stuff in there. Uh, you know, obviously uh, times have changed since the first book came out, and so there's a there's a lot more about uh, performance capture and motion capture and video games, for example. Yeah, um, not just the voice, having to do everything yeah. now. Ex exactly. Uh, as 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 I learned on on Spider Man, there was a, there was a lot of work to be done, um, and it wasn't just in the booth. Uh, luckily, luckily <laughs> I had a great luckily I had a great stunt double, uh, who who makes all the Spider Man stuff look amazing, like the the Super Spider Man stuff. All the just pretend it's stuff. you. We'll we'll just pretend it's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was totally me. You can um, tell your children, look, look, it's Daddy. <laughs> exactly, Daddy Spider Man. Don't tell anyone. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll tweet about things as they're coming up. Uh, I don't think we've got a lot of convention appearances uh, coming up soon, but, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll figure it out. There's, there's, there's plenty more stuff on the way. That's awesome to hear. Yuri, thank you so much for coming. The boat is here. We have to send you Then I've got to go. Yeah, that's, it's time. Oh, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. But thank you so much for you guys listening to this episode of Final Games. As always, you can find Final Games on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Acast, all those wonderful podcasting networks. If you're on there and they have a rating system, why not review the show if you enjoyed me and Yuri going down memory lane today? Of course, you can find me, Liam Edwards, on Twitter at LiamBME. I talk about Japan, I talk about video games, I talk about making video games, and I talk about talking about video games. Uh, you can also find the show at Final Game Show. And of course, as always, you can email final game show at podcast uh, at podcast at gmail.com so thank you so much to yuri and thank you so much to you guys for listening to this episode of final games i hope to see you again next time but until then goodbye